Well, hello, hello. How are you doing? How are you doing? This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast. This is the S. Anthony Thomas, and this is episode number 299. You're damn right. We're one away, one away from episode number 300. Bastard Army, how are you doing? Happy holidays, my friends. Merry Christmas, my friends, and all of that good stuff. Oh, my goodness. You know, I've been driving around, um, driving along the East Coast and seeing relatives and friends and stuff like that. And I looked around and I did not see that many uh, Christmas decorations on people's houses, which is really, really weird. I'm used to, you know, when I was a kid, you know, uh, in Philadelphia, I, I was driving around and I would see decorations on everybody's houses. I'd see all the trees lit up. There was a way when I would drive to my aunt's house to see some of my cousins. Like they literally the, the the people on both sides of this, there was a street on the way there and on both sides of the streets, the people would get together and they put their money together and they made sure all the trees and everybody's house had Christmas lights on them. And then the Christmas lights went across the block. It was to the, it was to the point where it was almost kind of like Las Vegas. I mean, it was just so lit up and it was a great thing. And I used to drive. I, I used to literally drive through that block at night when I was coming back or going away. Just because seeing all the Christmas lights and everybody having a great time made me happy. It was a good thing to see, but I don't see that anymore. At least I didn't see it this time. And I'm wondering if it's an omen. Now, that's why I should have wondered if it was an omen to what was about to happen to me. But I'll tell you what I mean, my friends. Had to replace the old oven. Had to get a new oven. Had to get rid of the old oven. The old oven was what I'd like to refer to very lovingly as a piece of crap. It did not work and it had to go. Go to the store to get the new stove. Walk into the store. See a stove that's great. Good price. Try to get the stove. And they don't have any of this stove. Oh, no. And one of the reasons I didn't just leave is because the person who was selling the stove was a very funny young man, you know, wear a funny hat while he was at work, a little bit of a quirky dude, kind of a cool dude, not a problem. Also a nice kid, too. So nice, the kid went into the back to find out whether there was any ovens available, found the exact same oven that, were, they were, you know, that I pointed to. And what happened? Oh, yeah. He goes, well, uh, Mr. Thomas, uh... The uh, the oven, uh, we have it, but it but it's uh, it's got a dent in the back of it. It's got a dent. And I go, was it operational? It's, it's it's structurally sound and operational, but it does have a dent. Well, the oven goes into a hole in the in the cabinet. You know, it it slides in. So you know, the part where the dent would be, no one's going to see it. Brings out the oven. It's in a part in the oven where no one will see it when it's into the wall. So guess what? Don't care. Get it done, son. And the sucker takes off some bread, calls the manager over. Oh, I'm going to wait to call the manager because I need to override and double do a quadruple override and quintuple override because I want to, you know, because it's a dent and then we're going to do a quintuple, quintuple override to make sure that uh, we're going to quintuple, quadruple override and quintuple override to make sure I think we're going to take some money off. And the manager comes over. And I think the manager is like three seconds older than the dude. <laughs> the dude doing the sales call is young. I think the manager is like four seconds older than him. And he comes over, you know, his voice is a little bit deeper. Oh, anyway, anyway, um, oh okay, I'm the manager. And we're going to do a double override and a quadruple override and quintuple override and quintuple, quintuple and quintuple override and quintuple, quintuple of the overrideness of the old of the quintuple and the quintuple. And he does some crap with the keyboard and the thing goes, wing, wing, wing. 
and all of a sudden you see that the price goes way down. Oh yeah, I'm glad that sucker has a dent in it. I'm glad it was the only one left because it took a whole lot of money off the cost of the stove and I'm going, oh yeah, oh damn yeah. Decide to have it delivered because, you know, putting it on the top of the Toyota Camry wasn't an option. <laughs> Is it an option? No, sir, that's stupid. <laughs> I was just kidding. <laughs> I wasn't kidding. So it gets delivered. And let me tell you something right now, my friends. When you get stuff delivered, sometimes it's a pleasant experience and sometimes it's not a pleasant experience. I've actually had I remember when the last oven was delivered to the house. OK, and it was delivered for it was this big company that was known for great appliances. I'm not going to say what the company is, but it rhymes with mirrors and blowbuck. OK. And uh, they bring in the product. They got the guy, got the professional outfit, got the truck with the company name on it. He comes in the thing. He's got the keyboard and he's got the thing and electronic that. And he's got the outfit and he's Mr. Thomas. And I understand that you have an oven. And the other guy comes out and he's got a smoking jacket on and he speaks with an English accent. Okay, that did not happen. And uh, <laughs> they drag the oven up and just, it was military precision. One guy comes in and he shakes the oven out and the other guy goes out and he pulls the thing down. They get to the thing. They put the harness on. They put the thing and put the oven on the harness and they walk up the steps. Then they put it in the dining room. Then they walk to the kitchen, unhook the stove and they put it on the thing and they put it on the thing. They walk it out the house and they put it on the truck. Then they close the truck. They lock up the truck. They come back in the house and they got the cords. They hook up the cords and they hook up the pipe. Screw, screw, screw. Spray, spray, see if there's any bubbles to make sure there's nothing leaking. Put it, push it back to the wall, clean itself, clean everything up, turn on the stove, turn on the thing, check it all out, put some little, little, I don't know what the hell kind of devices they were sticking in there, but they stuck the stuff in the stove. Beep, perfect, boop, perfect, plop, perfect, everything's great, boop, 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 scoop, doop, de boop, everything is fantastic, great experience, right? I gave the guys a tip. No, we don't take tip, we can't take a tip, Mr. Thomas. I said, hey, 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 you guys did a great job, you, you do this very, very fast. And I gave them the, okay, we'll take it. You just bought us all lunch. Not a problem, guys. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Damn, and I shake all the hands and they walk on out and the stove works perfectly. Everything great. And that was the last time before the stove got really old and turned into a tub. Crap. So that was my experience last time with the stove, right? So I'm figuring, okay, I guess that's what happens. And as it turns out, I actually got this from another company, not the Mears and Glowjuck, another company, okay? So now the truck pulls up and I don't know what that truck was from. I just see this. This could have been a truck that was coming to pick up somebody's furniture. I just could have been a truck that was trying to traffic, you know, you know, some kind of illegal objects. I don't know what the hell this truck was, but it just looked like some junky ass truck. And then I see them slide out the stove and I'm going, OK, I guess that's the stove that's coming in here. The people come into the house. They drag, drag the stuff up. You know, they come and the one guy goes to the stove and he kind of shakes it out. It takes him a while to get the stove out. It's not that heavy of a stove. And he looks in the back and he's he, you could he, and he, he looks down and he sees it and he goes, well, I don't know. I think there's something wrong with the floor here. And I know there's nothing wrong with the floor because I just had the floor repaired underneath the stove. So if, if anything, the floor is actually more structurally sound than it ever was. And there's a hole there. Yeah, and there's a hole there because there has to be a hole there because, you know, the gas pipe comes through the hole. And I think it's too corroded. It might be too rusty for me to, to fix it. And he takes it and he goes, I don't know, and I can't do it over there. And the other guys bring up the stove and they put and they take out the stove. You can unhook the stove and take it out. And they take the other stove and they slide it into the kitchen, but they can't hook it up. Oh, Mr. Thomas, we cannot hook up the stove because the pipe is too corroded. I'm going to write on the sales slip that... 
we could not do it and you can get your you can get your money back for the hookup you know but we just cannot do it and he just kind of you know signs this thing and i signed the thing that they dropped it off and he signs a slip saying that they couldn't hook it up and then he walks out and i'm going he didn't I mean, it's not like he did a lot it's not like he was down there pulling and sweating and working hard to see whether i mean if he had been back there for five minutes going oh, oh, is, oh i'm trying my best oh god oh, i cannot get it all he swept and pulling another guy i'll help you oh, oh, i can't do it either and then they all get together and they, they all lean on oh, all three of us are trying and we can't do it and i would have been like oh man i guess i'm gonna have to get you know a plumber or something because who has you know i'm think but as it turns out he leaves up oh, can't do it and he, he leaves and I'm going, this, this guy didn't even try. And then I remembered something from the conversation. I remembered him saying that I was the last call of the day. Oh, no. When you're the last call of the day, you get usually you get one of two things. You either get the best service of all time because the person is so happy. I've been there before. A person actually came into the house to do some real work, cutting something, chopping something, putting something in the wall and all that kind of stuff. And I was the last person they were working to the day. He's having a great old time. He actually gave me a little extra this and a little extra that. And he goes, you know, normally I wouldn't do this, but you're the last call of the day. I'm just happy to be getting my day over with. Here's a little extra whoop de whoop and a little extra blip de blam. You're a great guy. Here's some whoop de whoop and some blip de blam. And if call me if you need some any more whoop de whoop or blip de blam. He was happy. I got extra stuff, extra service, extra politeness, extra fun. He was in a good mood because he knew he was going home. Last call of the day. Yay. But sometimes it's not last call of the day. Yay. Sometimes it's last call of the day. Damn. And I think the people that came in with the stove were more last call of the day, damn type people because they looked annoyed when they came in the house in the first place. They looked like they were waiting for an excuse to not do anything. So the guy goes back there, like I said, to the stove and doesn't do a damn thing and slides out real quick without doing anything because I guess he wanted to get the hell out of there. Now, I'm frustrated because whenever something like that happens, it means you have to now go to another service person and pay another fee. And because it's a standalone service, it's going to cost more than you would have paid this person because his service would have been part of the overall service. So you now know it's going to cost you some serious bread in comparison. And there's a part of me that was really, really frustrated, not just because of the extra bread, but because, you know, it's your discretion whether to give full service or not. Every place you go, every place you go, it's their discretion whether they give you full service or not. Even if, if you go to the fast food place, right, and you want extra ketchup, it's up to them whether they give you extra ketchup or not. I've gone places where, where I would go on a regular basis and I'd say, can I get a couple packs of ketchup? And the girl goes, hi, Mr. Thomas. And she sticks her fist in, grabs a handful of ketchup and throws it in the bag. I just had a small fries. I don't need 10 pounds of ketchup. But she liked me. You know, and the same thing with, the, with one of them. It was a guy uh, at the McDonald's place. I was just getting a small fry. One of them hardcore dudes had a tattoo on his eyeball. You know, hey, man, what's up, you know what I mean? And I go, hey, what's going on? Man? Hey, yo, you, oh, yeah, what's up, Mr. Thomas, what's up? Can I get a couple of ketchup? Hell yeah, you can get extra ketchup. Damn, there gives me, he put so much ketchup on the side of my damn bag. My, my car looked like, you ever seen the Flintstones when they put that big rib bone on the side of Fred Flintstone's car and it flips over? It was kind of like that. Okay, not kind of like that, but you get the point. It was up to their discretion. But I've also seen them with the car in front of me or the car behind me when the person was annoying or the person said some snide stuff in, into the into the microphone or the person had an attitude and the person asked for ketchup. And I think they got one molecule of ketchup. Here's one ketchup packet we all licked. Take that and get out, you bastard. Because that's all they were required to do. 
I've been in situations where I actually did commit the traffic offense. I talked about it in an earlier podcast. My my foot, uh, the carpet got stuck in my car and I actually ran a stop sign. The police officer pulled me over. I knew I was going to get a ticket. I didn't give him any, you know, I was saying, it is what it is. You know what you did? Yeah, I ran a stop sign because my carpet got cut under the rug. Uh, under the under the accelerator, he looked down, saw that the carpet was still stuck there. He runs my place. He goes, you know what, Mister Thomas, just be careful next time. He could have given me a big ticket. It was up to his discretion. So there's many, many times when it's up to the discretion of the person whether to give you real service or to give you crappy service. You know that. And this dude with the oven decided to give me crappy service. And that's one of the things that frustrates me the most about the last service call of the day. I've been there. I know what it's like to give the last service call of the day. I used to do sales, younger me. Used to do sales in California when I moved out to California to pursue my career early. I used to do phone sales. And, you know, I, you know, I, I, you know, my voice is people kind of liked it, I guess, because I was able to get sales. But I also knew because of, of the way I sound, people wanted to talk to me for longer periods of time, which under normal circumstances, great. I love when I was having a, when I'm having a conversation with someone and they open up and they expose their humanity to me. And I, I can do that with them. It's great, but it's not great when you're trying to get the hell out of the office and you want to get out there at five o'clock because you're a nine to five person and you want to get the hell out of there at five o'clock and you know that a sales transaction is going to take a certain amount of time and you're looking at the clock and you realize if you don't get this person off the phone and then next two or three minutes it's going to all of a sudden you're going to be leaving after five maybe even five thirty hell maybe even six o'clock last phone call of the day and i know what it's like i know what it's like to have that last call go way longer than you wanted to do you want to give half effort i remember i remember it was a guy next to me he had a sale ready to roll i could hear him talking he was using the kind of language you use to close the sale because once you're doing sales over the phone when you confirm the address that means the sale is final and as soon as you start rounding into the, the, the confirming of the address it means it's over and i can hear him starting around into that he was getting close that he was about two minutes away from getting to that part of the the uh, sales script that he had memorized and i saw him look up at the clock and i know he knew how long it was going to take to get that sale and i saw him all of a sudden start intentionally doing things to end the phone call he actually was throwing the sale because it was more important for him to get the hell out of the office than it was for him to sell those ribbons and cartridges to that lady right Going home was more important to him than the commission. He just, he could have just finished the sale, right? He could have gotten that sale, but he decided to get the hell out of there. And if the boss had heard him, he would have at least been suspended, maybe even fired, but he wanted to get the hell out of there. So I know what it's like. He was like the guy I'm describing just to you right now was like the guy that came into the house with the oven. Right. If the person who ran the company saw the, what saw the pipe that he said was too corroded, was too rusty and saw it. And looked at it and realized that that was not the case, that it would have been any kind of even the minimum effort would have been able to take care, take care of business. He would have got this delivery guy and this, these, these appliance guys would have gotten fired or suspended. I know what it's like to be on the last call. It happened to me all the time. Like I said, people, for some reason, like to talk to me and I enjoy it under normal circumstances. I know what it's like to call. You're looking at the clock and you're going, ah, I still got to make a couple more phone calls damn it you know and when a person rejects you well i'm not sure well uh, you know that's not a problem I'll, uh, I'll try next week you know but then somebody would just i remember calling a lady it was just a few minutes left in the day 
And I'll be honest with you, I was I was I was tempted to blow off some of these. These people were blowing me off and getting rid of me like, oh, no, I'm not interested. And I was happy about it. I didn't even try to object. I didn't try to use any of my sales skills. I let them get rid of me. But I called this one lady and I called down south and all my phone calls during the course of the day were in the East Coast where everybody talks quickly. And I called this lady down south and it, she, she did not talk quickly. Oh, my God. And I'm looking at the clock and I'm home. I'm like, please, just just. Hi, I'm, I'm, I'm call, call, calling from a ribbon place, blah, 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 ribbon script, blah, 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 sales pitch, blah, 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 blah. Oh, OK. Yeah, I do have computers here and printers here. OK, I, I, it was pleasant speaking with you, but may I please speak with the person who's responsible for the purchasing of the uh, of the printer ribbons and toner cartridges and things that the person that makes the final decision with, with, with regards to those particular products. That would be me. I'm the office manager here now. I'm the one that runs everything. OK, great. Now, what kind of printers do you have? Well, we have the Epson 6 KY jelly, whatever, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Fantastic. We actually have those. Uh, yes, you're, you're, so you're a sale. You seem like a nice person. Where, where are you from anyway? Uh, well, I'm, I'm actually calling from Los Angeles, California. You don't sound like somebody from Los Angeles, California. You sound like, you sound like you call from, you sound like you're from someplace else. I don't, you just don't, I've talked to some people from California before and you don't sound like one of them. Well, I've only been living here for like a year or so. I'm actually originally from Philadelphia. Oh, from Philadelphia, Mississippi. That's not too far from here. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, no, no, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, that one. Now, right there, I should have known something was going on because let's be honest. In 99.9% .9 of the, of the world, if you say Philadelphia, you know damn well the person means Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. They don't mean Philadelphia, Mississippi. No offense to Philadelphia, Mississippi. When somebody says I'm from Philly, they usually mean Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and that's what people usually assume. Okay, let's be real. If you're in if you're in Philadelphia, Mississippi, or some other Philadelphia that in your town people may think you're talking about your town or right around your town, but everywhere else in the world, Philadelphia means Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Right there, I knew that this conversation was going to be going longer than I thought. I mean, let's be honest. Say that there was a guy that sold pretzels on the street corner named Denzel Washington. Okay, and you and, and you were walking down the street and you go, you know, I'm going to go see Denzel Washington. Most people would think you're going to go see multiple Oscar winning actor Denzel Washington. Most people would not think you're, you're looking for Denzel Washington, the dude that sells pretzels on the street corner. Now, at Denzel Washington, the dude that sells pretzels on the street corner's house, if he said Denzel Washington, you know, you're talking about pretzel man. But in 99 percent of the world, you're talking about Denzel Washington, multiple Oscar winning actor. Okay, back to the story. And I'm telling you right now you know it's just, well you're philadelphia pennsylvania I said, I mean, didn't you guys throw snowballs at santa claus oh actually that's a long story uh you know as it turns out i mean it's kind of lazy reporting people keep rehashing that story and what it was it there was a drunk guy in the santa claus outfit that was antagonizing people by acting like a dope and they were throwing snowballs at that particular person they weren't throwing snowballs at santa claus per se they were throwing snowballs at that particular person they kind of got blown out of proportion and you know lazy reporters and lazy sports reporters have nothing better to do than downplay and say bad things about philadelphia and they bring up a story from 50 years ago but that's not the point let's talk let's go to talk about your your epson xjy xkky jelly uh computers okay great great anyway 
I have the, uh, I have these printers. I have a lot of them. And, uh, you know, I usually, when it comes to these, uh, printers, I usually go to Staples because there's a, there's a guy at Staples I used to teach in school. I used to be a school teacher. I actually retired from school. Uh, I had to, I retired a little early. As soon as I got to the point where I had enough years in to retire, I retired because let's, let's be honest. I just got a little tired. When I was a kid, you couldn't talk to people the way these kids talk to their teachers. You just couldn't do it. Back in my day, when I was younger, if I talked to my parents or my grandparents or my great-grandparents or my uncles or my neighbors or anybody like that know what they would do they would get a hickory switch and they would whip you behind they would spank you behind and then whenever the next person who saw it, they would go why are you holding your butt and you would say i got my behind spanked and they would go why did you get your behind spanked and you tell them and then they'd get mad then they'd spank you behind and then they'd walk you home and your parents would go wait a minute not only am i going to spank you behind for being bad not only am i going to spank you behind for what you did that was wrong i'm going to spank you behind because you embarrassed me by making these other people spank your behinds. Sometimes you get five or six behind spankings and you would be good for a long period of time. So I'm in the school with these kids and they're being really rude and disrespectful and not paying attention. And my first instinct was to pull down their pants, get a hickory stick and whip their behind. Or I would, what I would do sometimes is I, I didn't even whip their behind. I would say I was going to whip their behind and they didn't think I would whip their behind. And what I would do was I would take my husband's belt to school with me. And I'd have it in my top drawer. I'd have it in my purse. And I would say, kids, don't, don't you keep doing, don't keep throwing things up here. I'll spank your behinds. I mean, I could, I couldn't use my belt because I wear dresses and my belt's made out of cloth. You can't intimidate kids with a cloth belt. They'll laugh at you and it'll leave me worse. And my husband's kind of a big guy. So when I pulled out my belt, the belt is actually higher than I am tall. And they started laughing at the belt and they said, you know what? You're kind of funny. And then I did, but they, but I would, well, they, well, uh, that's a long story. I don't want to talk about that. But anyway, one of those kids, the kid that was sitting in the front row, he was one of the kids that was in the front row when I pulled out my husband's belt, which was like six feet tall, and I'm like five feet tall. Uh, he works at the Staples, and he gives me a pretty good deal on my X, Epson XKY Jelly computer printer uh, ribbons. Now, granted, he does have to sometimes, he does sometimes have to order them special for me, and occasionally, like right now, it takes a long time for me to get them. I called him up and asked him what the hell was going on, and he said, I'm sorry, I can't, I, he's sorry, but for some reason, they're not, they're not answering the calls, and they can't give me the computer printing ribbons. So, you know, maybe it's a good thing that you called, because as it turns out right now, I could really use computer ribbons, but I do tend to buy local sometimes. Now, granted, I, uh, I I had fallen asleep in the middle of that story, and the only reason I woke up was because my head fell out of my hand, and I bounced my head off the desk. Oh, oh what? Are you all right? Oh, yes, I definitely didn't fall asleep in that long-ass story and bang my head on the desk. I don't even really know what you said, but anyway, you still have the XY, KY jelly computers. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Okay, well, we... um. Uh, we, we have, we have that particular product and we'd love to sell it to you. It's a great product. It's going to last right at twice the life of whatever you're running right now. Well, if you don't know, if you do, if you mean, how do you know it's going to run right at twice the life of the printer ribbons that I have? You don't even know the ones that I have. I'm assuming you're using the OEM uh, ribbons. I don't even know OEM ribbons. Isn't that, isn't that that group that sings shiny, happy people? Uh, no. OEM means original equipment manufacturer. It means the ribbon that comes 
from the manufacturer of the XKY jelly computers that you have. Oh yeah, oh yeah, okay. You just added another word to my. You added some more information. You you just taught me something. That's great. It's great when you talk to somebody. You meet a new person over the phone. I was just sitting here right now finishing up some paperwork, and you called up, and now I know what OEM means. Fantastic. Well, since I learned, I taught you something. Know what else I want to teach you? I want to teach you that my ribbons will last right at twice the life of your ribbons. Oh, that was cute the way you did that. I like the way you did that. Uh, I, I might. Take one of your ribbons just because I like the way I like the way you turn phrase. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> anyway, and the sale call goes on for another forty-seven minutes. I look up at the clock, and it's somewhere in the middle of this whole transaction. I realize I'm not leaving till six o'clock, and I'm close to the sale, close to the sale, close to the sale. Almost lose the sale, but I get a little teeny bit of a sale. It was a tiny sale, but it was a sale. It was barely worth me staying there that much later. But as I locked out the office when it should have been five o'clock, and I'm walking out at six twelve, oh. I realized that my last sales call of the day was a huge pain in the ass. So I know what it's like when it's the last sales call of the day. I know that there are times that you don't want to give the service. I know sometimes you just don't want to deal with what's going on right now. I get it. So I, I could I could sympathize with the guy that was that didn't hook up the damn oven. I could sympathize. I've been in, like I said, a similar situation. But come on, man. You know, come on, man. If you just applied even a little bit of effort, you could have hooked my oven up and it wouldn't have been a problem. As it turns out, it wasn't really a problem because I got a, a plumber to come out late the next day and he hooked it up within like six minutes. <laughs> he actually he actually spent longer time talking to me about his wife and stuff than he did. uh than he did actually fixing the oven. So it wasn't really that big of a deal. And then that other guy could have done it and it would have saved, you know, some money. And I was really upset by that, you know. It pissed me off because, like I said, there's basically the simple fact that that guy decided he didn't want to do what he was supposed to do. Literally, was the equivalent of him going into the wallet and taking out some money from the wallet. Because if he had done what he's supposed to do, it wouldn't have cost the extra money. Damn it. And the funny thing is, I could tell that he was a subcontractor, you know. He didn't actually work. The, he wasn't a, an employee of the company directly like when I got my previous oven from Bleers and Blowjuck. Right. This guy was, you know, I'm pretty sure if the owner of the company that he was working for that that hired him that was working for the other company saw what he did, they would at least they would have suspended him. Maybe I don't know, or at least gave him a good talking to or pay or, or had someone else come out just to do that. I'm upset. And even though I don't blame the company itself for what this individual person does, I am upset at them because, you know, they facilitated bringing this person into my house to not do the job he was supposed to do, who pissed me off. But because the, the, because I don't directly blame them for, for what happened, I'm not going to, you know, because one time I got mad at Amazon because Amazon did something stupid, not on the retail side, but on the uh, on the on the uh, Amazon uh affiliate account where you don't hey if you like my show click on my amazon and they did some stupid crap and i cursed them out uh i put i blasted them on the podcast and they of course immediately uh, called me <laughs> immediately contacted me and i was like you know what i'm not mad at you i still buy stuff from me but i'm not doing this affiliate link thing unless you figure it out so f that so but but, but that, that being said i'm not going to blast this company that hired the company that hired the guy to come to my house to not do his job completely. I'm going to take the high road. I'm not going to say what company it was. I'm not going to say what store it was. I'm not going to do it. I will take the high road. I believe 
and always taking the road that's high. Take the highs, not the lows, because it's wrong to 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 be you know vindictive or or bitchy or snarky. You know what I'm saying? Like like I always said, I tell I tell my nephews when they were younger. I tell my younger cousin, it doesn't matter what somebody else does. You take the highs, never take the lows, because that's the wrong thing to do. Do not ever go from the highs down to the lows because that's wrong <laughs> so uh, like i said i'm not going to say what company it is because that would be wrong <sighs> segment over all right everybody let me ask you this <laughs> this is like this is like a really interesting thing that had happened and i want to talk about it um what I saw uh, the other day, I was buying some food from a store and I had a friend over and I was going to we were going to grub up and I go to the store. I buy the grub. And as I'm going back to the car, I see this brother walking down the street really slowly. You know, he had the pants hanging down. He had the, he had a, the hoodie on. He's, he's walking around and I didn't think anything of it. I was just a dude walking down the street to me. So as I'm walking back to my car, I look over my side and I notice there's a, there's a, and he's like, maybe he's like five or six feet ahead of me. But I, to me, it's just a dude walking down the street. You know, he, he don't look any different than my nephews or my cousins or anybody else that dresses like that. So it's not like I'm scared of the dude. It's just a dude walking down the street to me. But I look behind me and I see a car following very slowly, right around walking pace. And if you grew up in a neighborhood where bad things happen, I lived in L.A. during drive-by shooting days. I lived in Philadelphia during ass-whip days. Um, that is not the most comfortable thing in the world. And then I noticed it was a police car and it was moving very slowly. It was right, right next to me. And I'm so busy looking at the police car, looking at me and I'm looking at them and they're looking at me. I'm not paying attention to the guy that's walking in front of me. And I'm going, well, I don't, I said, I'm pretty sure that after me, pretty sure. Now, why was I pretty sure? Cause I'm a middle-aged dude, Right. I have the middle-aged dude gift. And what is the middle-aged dude gift? The middle-aged dude gift is when I was in my 20s and I was a teenager, if that car was behind me driving slowly, I knew they were looking for me. Not for me, meaning I, I did something, but I knew that they were going to at some point stop the car and come out and I'd have my hands on the wall and I'd be hands in my pocket and they'd be asking me where I was going and I'd be handing them my driver's license and I'd be standing there while they asked me all sorts of questions and I'd be going through that kind of stuff. And then 11 minutes later, they're going, OK, kid, go home. And that would be the end of that. It was a real pain in the ass. And that's what happened to me when I was in my teens and 20s. But I'm 49 now. So I'm looking, I'm going, there's no way in the world. And I started noticing as I looked at the police officers in the car a little closer, I realized they weren't looking at me. They were looking past me. So I started to slow down and pretend like I was checking my bag and then the car continues on. And then I realized now they're definitely not looking at me. And they jump out of the car and grab this dude and put him up against the wall and feel him up and go through all this kind of stuff. Now, I don't know what happened after that because I got in my car and left. But I realized I really do have the middle-aged guy's cur uh, a, a gift. It's the middle-aged guy's gift. The few times I get pulled over now, the police officer will uh, roll down the window. The police officer will look in the car. And I'm telling you, three times out of five, they'll be like, oh, okay, sir, uh, just be more careful. They won't even ask for my damn license. They'll see that, uh, that I'm not a young kid and they'll just leave me alone. And even the ones that continue on with the bull stuff, is you can tell they're not giving me a ticket. 
<laughs> it's like, it's not going to happen. Oh, uh, can I see your license? Here it is. Can I see your driver's, your uh, registration? Here it is. Can I see your insurance? Here it is. And the guy didn't run it. You can't run an insurance by looking at it for four seconds, handing it back to me. It's the middle-aged guy's curse. So when I get pulled over now, I was like, I know you're going to be going back in your car in three minutes. So here's all my shit. And I don't care. Right. I mean, there's, there's a little 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 flashbacks of the of the of the bad old days. And, 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 and you see things that happen in the news now. And it's still a party that's like, wait a second. But for the most part, I know that the, yeah, I'm pretty sure nothing's going to happen to me, especially since the number of times and, and nothing has happened to me. You know, and I'm not discounting what happens to my younger relatives because I know that, you know, and come on, we, we read the news. OK, but that's not the point of this. The point of this is I have the. Middle-aged guy's curse. Why do I keep saying curse? The middle-aged guy's gift. The middle-aged guy's gift translates in many ways. The middle-aged guy's gift translates into into things that are that are wonderful. You know, you go to the Chinese food store and you're in the hood and you're hanging out there. And I accidentally bumped into this dude and he turns around quickly with an angry look on his face. Then he sees it's me and he sees this is some some nice older guy. Oh, oh, hey, you cool? You cool? You all right? I ain't hurt you, did I? Nah, I'm cool. All right, don't worry about it. Just be careful, all right? And I know for a fact, if a 20-something-year-old guy had bumped into him like that, they would probably be still beating each other's ass right now because when I bumped into him, I felt his gun. Okay? The middle-aged guy's gift is unfreaking believable and I love the middle-aged guy's gift. Now, the reason I call it the middle-aged guy's gift, because it reminds me was when I was a kid, I used to watch Doctor Who back when Tom Baker was Doctor Who. Yes, I'm that old. F (laughs) y'all. Right. And I remember watching an episode where he I think he had Sarah with him and she was wondering why. I think I think that's what it was. Whatever it was. It was was a lady was with him. I, I I haven't seen that show in such a long period of time. Give me a break, you bastards. And she was wondering why she could understand languages in all these different places. You know, she's going to different planets, different universes, different dimensions, and she understands everybody's language. And if I remember correctly, Tom Baker goes, it's the Time Lord's gift. And that what that means is because she's with him, his powers to translate all these languages is automatically given to her. And so as long as she's a part of his life, she also has the ability to understand these languages. It's a gift. She can understand the languages of whatever planet she's on. And I realize in many cases and many times in our life, we get a gift like that. Like I got the middle aged guy's gift. It avoids police officers from annoying me like they used to do when I was in my 20s. And it avoids ass whippings from from hot headed 20 somethings with guns. So far, so good. Let me cross my fingers. But I'm also a comedian and I have the comedian's gift. And everybody that knows me or is around me for for any length of time knows that I'm a comedian. So I can do and say things other people can't do. I can get away with those things. I remember being at a party someplace and I was talking to somebody. And if you heard the context, what I was saying to that person out of context, you might have thought I was being rude, but we were just joking with each other. And the guy's walking up to me and he approaches me and he goes, man, what's your name? And I told him my name. He goes, oh, you the comedian. He goes, and I go, yeah. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man, how you doing, man? And then that was the end of it. The comedian's gift. It, it, it happens all the time. I remember going into a bar. This has happened many, many times. 
It was a guy who was, I mean, he was the killer of killers. This guy whooped people's asses to warm up for really whooping people's asses, for warming up for really, really whipping people's asses. That's how tough this guy was. He was the kind of guy, if you asked him for the time the wrong way, he'd beat you so bad, it would be that exact same time three weeks later when your punk ass woke up. That's how tough this bastard guy was. How tough was he? He was so tough, I tell you, when a doctor slapped him, he slapped the doctor back when he was born. I don't know whose old joke that is, but you get the point F y'all back to the story. So I walk into the place and this guy's got the dumbest looking shirt on I've seen in my life. And for some reason, I have to interact with him. Now, this is early, this is young me at the time. Even 49 year old me would not waste my time saying anything like this. But young me got away with it. And he's just looking mean and evil and at everybody. And he's mean to me when I'm talking to him. And he's like, oh, we want uh, I said, oh, so what you being so mean for? Well, what you mean I'm being mean? I said, well, I got to be honest with you. I can't really blame you for being mean. Why is that? Well, apparently you know, somebody punished you by making you wear that ugly ass shirt. Good Lord. And he laughed his ass off. And then he was nice to me the rest of the evening. He even gave me a couple extra drinks and I was at the bar. Real nice guy to me. But unfortunately, other people who did not have the comedian's gift decided they wanted to get in on the joke and decided to go over there and joke with his about his ugly ass shirt. I got away with it. I could tease him about the shirt as much as I want to. I have the comedian's gift. This other person did not have the comedian's gift and walked up to him and said some stuff about his shirt. And all I want to say right now is when he said that stuff. I don't want to say what happened next. I really don't. But I want to let you know right now, his funeral service was beautiful. <laughs> he did not get killed. He just got the crap beat out of him. But there are people that are close to me. Sometimes you don't realize that I have the comedian's gift and it does not translate to you. It may translate to, to maybe your wife, but it doesn't translate to your friends. It doesn't. I was hanging out at a friend's house or watching TV. My, I'm part of my couple, my, myself and my lady, one of my boys and his lady. We're at their house having a great time laughing and joking. And, you know, sometimes when the couples get close to each other, sometimes it's almost like you become kind of almost siblings light. So so much so that embarrassing stuff that they wouldn't say in public to other people, they don't mind expressing in front of you because they figure what the hell. So we're sitting there watching some crap. I don't even remember what it was. Probably some lady stuff because me and my boy were like, what is this crap? But we, you know, we knew better than the, the mouth all because, you know, we wanted at some point that we were going to want them to go to a fight with us or watch a movie we wanted to see. So we put up with that crap. During the course of the conversation, the two ladies are talking and my girlfriend says to his girlfriend, I am just so glad. Oh, my God. I mean, it's like, I am just so glad my period is over. I hate it. I mean, God, it's like a heavy flow. Now, I know this and I'm, I'm and have had the nightmares of remembering it from a couple of days ago. And it's great. I have to, like sometimes half the time I got this really pinching sensation. It's like it feels like somebody's like stabbing me in the stomach, you know, and S is, he, S is wonderful. He brings in a pillow and he like lays there and cradles me and he cradled me and he had like a heating pad in his hand and he was holding the heating pad to my stomach like it was a baby. And he was telling me it was going to be OK. And it was great. But the whole time I'm thinking, let me get up because it's like it's a, and the flow and it's the flow and the things the flow with too much flow, heavy flow, 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 flow flow her pinching pinching flow 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 and kept going on and i'm going thinking why is she saying this crap and my boy's like Ugh, i can see the look on his face and the girl his girlfriend is looking at her like nodding as if to say yeah girl i, I understand 
right? And I'm seeing everybody, and he's getting uncomfortable, and, and that just fused the situation. I was, I was uh, I looked over my girlfriend, said, yeah, the period's over too, not gonna stop avoiding you. And she started laughing, and her, uh, my friend started laughing, I laughed, and my friend's girlfriend laughed, right? I was just trying to, literally, I'll be honest with you, I was just trying to stop the conversation, because it was just too much, I mean, the word flow came out of her mouth 27 times, enough already we get it i don't want to hear that crap for 45 minutes bad enough i gotta watch this lame ass movie and now i gotta hear about your flow i know about your damn flow i'm the one that make you like the gets the damn tampons and that's the lady there in the bed holding the heating pad to your stomach which i don't mind doing because i'm a giver anyway so he sees me tease my girlfriend like that but you gotta remember my girlfriend at the time was dating me, a comedian. Everybody knew I was a comedian. Everybody knows I tease the people I like the most. Everybody knows it and it's accepted. And everybody sometimes, a lot of times people look forward to it. Not a big deal. I have the comedian's gift. I have carte blanche when it comes to saying those things and it's cool. But it doesn't translate. It doesn't translate. It does not translate. No. We're sitting there watching the movie as I've... And uh, we hear the sound and it's the sound of the dryer going off downstairs. So my friend's girlfriend pops up and she goes, oh, OK. Oh, and then she goes, you know, I already I also saw half of this movie. I know I wasn't supposed to watch this movie before you got over here, but I did peek at it. So I saw the first 15 minutes. So, you know, I already know what's going to happen. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go downstairs because the dryer, I'm going to take some of those clothes. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to put it. I'm not going to fold them. I'm going to come right back. I'm going to put them in a the hamper. But it's just jeans and stuff. It's not a big deal. You know, it's not that big of a deal and some underwear, whatever. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take some of the stuff out of the washer and put it in the dryer. And there's a couple of things since I know what's going to happen in the movie. I'm going to rinse out a few things. Now, if you're a guy and you've lived with a woman, you know what rinse out a few things means. I didn't when I was younger, but when I lived with them and I realized what rinse out a few things means. Rinse out a few things means pantyhose and or panties. Sometimes... There's some underwear that you want to wash out in the sink and rinse out in the sink and hang up to dry or go to the dryer in a light setting because you don't want the pounding of the washing machine to damage your uh, delicate undies. So when they say rinse out a few things, that's a delicate way of saying, basically, I'm going to take some drawers that I wore and hand wash them real quick in the sink and then dry them. That's that's how a guy would say it. If a guy, if guys wash their underwear in the sink like women do real quick, I would go, yo, man, I'm going to go upstairs, man. I'm going to wash my drawers in the sink. I don't want them to get all messed up in the washing machine and I'm going to hang them things. But uh, I had to do some hand washing in my drawers, bro. That's how a guy would say it. Women, I'm going to rinse out a few things. Now, thinking he has also the comedian's gift, my really, really stupid friend. Uh, that's why comedians. <laughs> that's. We take years to learn how to do what we do. We take years to learn how to look at a person and read a person and figure out who can take the joke, who can't take the joke, how much of a joke the person can take. We know how to do that after a certain period of time. And I'm really good at looking at a person and seeing who can take a joke and who can't and who to leave alone and who not to. I immediately looked at his girlfriend and I knew, and I'm not even, I'm just friend of, I'm her friend. I knew looking at her, don't do it. I could look at his face. He was going to do it. I gave him the eye like, don't do it. He did not see the signal and he went and did it. This is what he said. Now, there's a couple of curse words here. So if you, you want to fast, if you want to hit the fast forward button, if you got kids in the car, do it. It's not, it's the B word and the S word. Okay. So here we go. Ready? So she goes, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go to rinse out some things now. This dumb bastard goes, and I quote, rinse out some things. 
bitch, you need to ha- you need to scrub them shits. Silence in the room. Silence in the room. Silence in the room. I know what he was trying to do. I know he was trying to go for the joke. He just heard me do a period joke with my lady. He wanted to do an underwear washing joke with his lady. But he didn't realize he went a little too far with it. Because basically, he was basically saying, your ass is so dirty, just rinsing them out ain't enough. That's basically what he was saying. But he didn't realize that's what he was saying. But we all realized that's what he was saying. And he soon realized what he was what he said, said because she was walking out of the room when he said it. And she froze in place. If you say something to your lady and she freezes in place as she's walking out the room, I got news for you. Um, th- that's not good. The only, I mean, if, if you, if you, if your woman's walking out of the room and you say something like, oh, by the way, I was just kidding. We are going to Hawaii. And if she freezes and turns around, that is good. But he did not say, oh, by the way, I'm just kidding. We are going to Hawaii. He basically said, your drawers and your ass is so dirty. It's not enough to just rinse out your drawers. You need to scrub them. And um, I I looked at I, I looked at my wife my girlfriend at the time, and she looked at me and she looked down and she tilted her head to the right. You know that look was like mm-hmm, dead man. And I looked I leaned over to him and he goes, "But you joke with your girl?" I said, "Yeah, I joke with my girl. Yeah, but I'm a comic. You're not." And in addition to that, did you hear the word the B word used at all by me? I got permission to joke with my girlfriend, and even I don't use the B word, bruh. And he goes, I messed up. And I said, yeah. And his girlfriend turned around and she had the kind of look you see in a horror movie right before an axe hit you in the face. And she looked at us and she looked at him and we looked at him and my girlfriend at the time. And I looked at each other. And the next thing we looked at was the inside of our car because we got the hell out of there. And we pulled off real fast for, for one of many reasons. The first reason was. We didn't want to be there when the blood spatter started. And also we wanted to be someplace far away so we could have some plausible deniability. So when they wanted us to testify about the murder, we could say we were in a different location. So we went places and stood in front of lots of uh, surveillance. Hey, we're right here right now. We're definitely not at Steve's uh, friend's house where his wife is killing him. We're definitely not there. And we're definitely here right now. Is that, isn't that correct? People who are seeing us. <laughs> okay. She didn't kill him. But um, he did get in trouble. So what I'm saying is, my friends, I the gift. Sometimes you get the gifts and sometimes you don't get the gift. And that guy didn't get the gift. I got the old guy gift and I got the comedian's gift. And I'm very, very lucky. And I'm sure you got gifts, too. But if somebody else has a gift, just because you're around them, don't think you're going to get the gift to you bastards. Or you're going to not get laid for a month and get your ass whooped by your girlfriend like my dumbass friend did. Yeah, I said it. Don't take your gifts for granted, you bastards. <laughs> Segment over. All right, folks, this has been episode number 299 of the S. Anthony Says podcast. Obviously, next week will be the big episode number 300. And I put a poll on Twitter, on my uh, my Twitter to find out whether what you guys want, what my mighty bastard army wants me to do on episode number 300. I think the choices were uh, new episode, best of episode or do whatever the hell I want. And so far, do whatever the hell I want is running away with it <laughs> as I thought it would. Uh <laughs> 
Because every time I do a poll like that, you always, you, you guys always go, dude, just do whatever the hell you want. That's why we're listening, damn it. So I'm going to leave it up there, but it looks like I'm going to want to be, uh, for the next one doing whatever the hell I want. You know, so, uh, and thanks for taking the poll and thanks for the, the emails. I really appreciate it. Now, folks, I want to thank you guys very, very much. My mighty bastard army. Thank you very much for everything. You cool bastards. Um, for those of you that are new, uh, the podcast is on in many, many places. I've been doing this for four years now and counting. And, uh, this podcast is everywhere. It's on uh, iTunes. It's on iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, Radio Love, Spotify, uh, Google Play. Uh, basically all you really have to do is, and, and, and the home base of the podcast is santhonysays.podbean.com. Uh, essentially all you have to do to find me is just Google my name, S. Anthony Thomas, or Google the name of the show, S. Anthony Says, and all of my stuff pops up and you can just, uh, you know, go to the, the website, uh, santhonysays.podbean.com and get the RSS feed and just, or just do a search and you can put it into your podcast if you have another podcast you'd like to use. Um, you know, I'm everywhere. So you'll, you'll just be, it'll be very, very easy for to find me. And uh, a lot of you have. So thank you for that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the email for me, if you have questions, comments, concerns, and uh, declarations of love, the email is talk to S Anthony at gmail.com. T A L K T O. And then of course my name at gmail.com. Talk to S Anthony at gmail.com. Uh, Stitcher. Oh, it's not Stitcher. <laughs> uh, if you <laughs> my social media, my social media is as follows on Twitter for me specifically is at S. Anthony Thomas for the show. This podcast is at S. Anthony says I'm on Instagram uh, S. Anthony Thomas. And if you're on Facebook, do a search in the box. Just type in S. Anthony says and you'll see my verified Facebook fan page. And uh, that way it'll be a blue check. So you know that it's me. Folks, much love to every last one of you bastards. I really, really appreciate you. Um, thanks for everything, man. You guys have been really, really cool. Uh, you know, I, I, I keep saying it, but it, you just keep giving me reasons to thanks, say thanks because you do some cool, cool bastards. Folks, I'm going to say goodbye the way I always say goodbye to you. And, um, you know, say it with me. I, I heard that some of you say it with me. So we're going to say it together on the count of three. Are you ready? Cool. <clears throat> One, two, three. S. Anthony. Out.